Welcome to the Library Love Fest podcast. I'm Virginia Stanley. And I'm Lainey Mays. We are the library marketing team at HarperCollins Publishers. Join us every week as we present buzzworthy books through author interviews, conversations with editors, and expert opinions from librarians like you. Enjoy the show. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Check it out. Book Buzz, HarperCollins Book Buzz. Brought to you by Library Love Fest. Hello, and welcome back to the Library Love Fest podcast. This is Lainey, and I'm joined by... Virginia Stanley. And we are very excited to welcome back our quote big get <laughs> uh Andrew Caberline, senior audio marketing associate at HarperCollins. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? Thank you for having me back on on the show. Uh it's been keeping me up at night being like, oh man, I, I need to go back on. So so this is good <laughs> for my anxiety levels. Yeah, you have sweet dreams tonight. No worries. <laughs> made of these (laughs) well we did a episode a while back where we told them about new audiobooks and new things they can be looking for and it was longer than the edited version because we had so much fun and then we had to edit it uh for everybody to listen and i have to say full transparency it's our most listened episode on so again like no pressure i I do feel like I, i need to like top it and to like keep pushing it to like the 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 highest highs that we can go you know you're gonna be like on the corner at the bodega like listen to this podcast we got to get up to five thousand come on (laughs) just grabbing people up on the street yeah this is this is the part where it's like my ascent into madness of just like (laughs) needing to to be more perfect and perfect and then i'm going to be like the howard hughes of uh of harper collins i feel like oh my god are you gonna grow your toenails yeah yeah cool. i'm gonna grow the hair long i guess like uh that wouldn't really be great for for podcasting since it's not a visual uh medium right. well, that's true right yeah. now that was a really really fun episode i mean it was you know i think we were just so it was it was honestly it was so fascinating just listening to you and then talking about the different narrators and the books that they um embody you know yeah. really cool Oh, well, really thank great. you for saying that. I think if I recall to that episode was right before um, like Christmas vacations. So I think we were all a little punchy. That's, true. that's right. So I think we'll be less punchy this time. Or we may have been drinking punch. I don't know. <laughs> that's possible. That's of course. True. Yeah. And this is like going on probably what a year. I don't even know how long anymore. Year and a half. We haven't seen each other in the office. It's been, that's yeah. kind of weird to think about. Yeah. I think like, like I was going to be, I, I was trying to think of what has really changed in my life since the last time that I was on the show. And the only thing I could think of is that I shaved my mustache. <laughs> like that's the only notable difference in my life. Uh, again, great for a, a audio only medium, <laughs> but, but I don't know, maybe, maybe you can hear the way that my like lips move a little bit different without the weight of a giant mustache uh, on top of it. Yeah, it definitely seems lighter. <laughs> it's less bristly. <laughs> yeah, there's le- you're getting less of a pop because like there's yeah. less uh, uh, fields that the air needs to get through. Fields. So, yeah. <laughs> sure. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? We're talking about some cool, there's so much cool stuff coming out. 
pretty yeah. jazzed about our lists. We've had a lot of cool audiobooks come out uh, this summer or like about to come out. So I wanted to bring you some some highlights to, to talk about and kind of uh, they're all for like a very different uh, type of person as well, I would say, uh, really trying to hit different markets. Um, so should we just hop in and, and we can we can talk about I've got five titles for you, if that's if that's OK. Five is perfect. Which one do we want to start with? Let's start with the collected works of Jim Morrison. Um, this is a really uh, impressive kind of uh, thing to exist, I feel like, beyond just being a book, right? And it's uh, impressive for different reasons in every kind of format that you can buy it in. Like the, the print has a lot of... Um, a lot of photographs in it and a lot of the actual like handwritten um, pages that that Jim Morrison has written on. And we have some of those in the audio as well, but the audio is read by a real like murderer's row of musical geniuses. Basically, we have um, Patti Smith is on there. Liz Fair is on there. Uh, famed guitarist Oliver Ray. Tom Robbins, uh, the author is on there as well. There's a there's a lot of musical people who jumped at the the opportunity to come on and read uh, poetry by Jim Morrison. And I'll say too that like Jim Morrison himself is on this audiobook. And you might be asking, how is that possible? Um, hasn't he been deceased for a long, long time? And uh, yes, he has, but. Uh, for the first time ever, we have the last poetry recording that Jim Morrison ever did at the Village Recorder in L.A. on his 27th oh. birthday, December 8th, 1970. That is included um, in the audio edition of the collected works of Jim Morrison. It's wow. a real, <laughs> It's a real interesting listen, not just for the actual work. Um, but I think of, of being able to hear a giant figure of American pop culture in that particular time uh, doing his thing, so to speak. I realize I haven't said like what the collected works of Jim Morrison includes, and it is um, it's almost 600 pages of writings from the you know the lead singer of the doors and these are mostly poems or song lyrics that have been unrealized up until now uh so it's it's exactly a time capsule of the 60s uh and of the early 70s i guess too of just like the kind like what kind of poetry would you expect jim morrison to have written uh what is included is exactly that it is it is beat poetry from a piece of americana very cool yeah that that doesn't make you want to pick up this audiobook then i don't <laughs> i don't know what would yeah do we want to listen to a little clip from it yeah and i believe the clip i gave you for this is from that um village recorder session so this is jim morrison himself the man uh who is going to be reading his poetry. My name is the Holy Shay. I come to town this day to tell my story to the judge. Judge, 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 the man is not wanted here. 
Come to our house, say the Mandarino, and tell us why it is you stray so near, and why you run away fast and come back slow, in the middle of the sun, in the middle of the day, when even an idiot goes indoors. The sun sucks snakes into its eye. What do the dead do when they die? Earth, air, fire, water, mother, father, sons, and daughters, airplane in the starry night, first fright, forest follow free. I love thee. Watch how I love thee. Have you forgotten the lessons of the ancient war? Keep opening doors in the party skull, the tunnel of love. Strangle the women, voices, one by one. Sing to your daddy in the house of suede. Funeral bells are ringing, cemetery deer are singing. Cypress trees of Monterey, the cool wines of disorder. Calmly looking back, growing slowly older. I want the kiss of war to unnerve the nation, demand transfer to another station. The politics of ecstasy are real. Can't you feel them working through you, turning night into day, mixing sun with the sea? And gentlemen of doubt, shout your warnings to the women of Crete who have no need for meat, sweet sacred meat. Come out, come out, and eat. Wow. I feel like I need to, to snap. <laughs> yeah. Let them know. Yeah. That is really cool. Like you were saying, to have that kind of audio archive there from, you feel like you're there with him as well. Yeah. I like to it, think that he was probably wearing sunglasses while, while recording, okay. even though it was indoors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's quite the time capsule. I mean, that really does put you back in that, you know, that period in time where it just, uh, I don't know. It's very atmospheric. <laughs> it is like it feels this more than any other audiobook that we've released. I feel like um, it feels like I shouldn't be hearing it. Like it feels like a pe like an actual like lost ancient text to me, as ancient as the 1960s. But like uh, it still <laughs> feels like like something lost to time that has been unearthed. You know, it's amazing, really, that they that they were that this was unearthed and that it was shared and that the quality is so good i don't know what yeah. was done to make it so good but it's really oh my god i mean it it, it sounds like it was recorded yesterday yeah it's it really does and i think um something fun about the other voices on it too is that while clearly the voice of the writing is jim's it is really fun to hear the way that um the difference between Oliver Ray and Liz Fair interpreting how to read that. There, there is a range of people reading it kind of in their own voice and being like, I'm going to try to read this as if I were Jim Morrison. Oh and my that God. It's really a really fun thing to, to, to bounce around through. Yeah. Yeah. And anything with Patty Smith is divine. Yes. Yes, it is. You will not hear any Patty Smith slander from me. On this no. Podcast. <laughs> no. <laughs> So that's cool. All right. Yeah. Wow. That was a good one. What did you bring next for us? I feel like it's show and tell, like at school. Like what else did you bring for us? 
uh, I was never that great at show and tell. Now I think about oh, it. But that's okay. Well, you're shining now, son. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Andrew, class, Mr. Andrew is here. Yeah. With his bag of tricks. And Mr. Andrew, remember how he used to call everybody by their first name, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Andrew. All right. I feel like I was probably called Mr. more when I was a child than I am now as an actual adult human being. Um, but let's move on to another title from the same time period. Uh, this is the best segue I'm going to have for yep. any of these. So don't yep. expect it for the rest of them. <laughs> um, next up is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood by Quentin Tarantino. I know what you're saying, Andrew, um, you silly person. That's a movie, not an audiobook. Um, but we're both right. It, it is now both. Um, the movie from 2019, the Oscar-winning movie, has been turned into a book as well by the auteur, writer, director of the film, Quentin Tarantino. And uh, we're really excited about the audio because we, we got a really good narrator for it. Someone who uh, is a generational star as an actress and has appeared in some of Quentin's movies as well. The great Jennifer Jason Lee. That's uh, really cool. Is on as the as the narrator, someone who I feel like everyone knows, but but you can tell how old someone is based on uh, what they like identify her with. I feel yeah. like like I just watched Atypical, and like she's on that like well. Mm -hmm. that, that's how I kind of know I mean I know she's in some of his movies but that's who what I think of and that, that probably tells you I didn't know her <laughs> but she's great and yeah. when I heard that she was going to do this I was like that that makes sense she's got like that's going to be so great yeah and like her her voice like she has like a very um nice kind of like raspy voice that she has grown into that is kind of her base reading uh, for this, but then she really puts on really fun affectations for different characters she reads at. Her her reading as Rick Dalton, the Leonardo DiCaprio character, is uh, it makes me giggle every time that I hear it. Um, and this is one too where I feel like uh, people sometimes can be not excited for novelizations of movies. Uh, I feel like that doesn't have the best track record in the world. But I think it, it, it is important to say that Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is written by Quentin. And while it does follow the same characters from the movie, um, a lot of the big kind of memorable set pieces from it are not the like true focus of this book. They're in there, um, but he kind of goes through them because he's like, you already saw the movie. You already know, you know, this thing that's going to happen on the ranch. Um, what the novel really gets into is all of the complete backstory and other really gritty, um, like things that made these characters tick that I imagine Tarantino probably didn't have the time to fit into his already three hour movie, you know, so it does feel like a companion to the film mm -hmm, while also mm -hmm. being a totally new experience. Uh, That's fun. Yeah, you know, since we're on the podcast, this isn't too much of a digression. But I heard uh, Quentin Tarantino talk on Mark Maron's podcast, and he was talking about the book. But I don't hear that many interviews with him that were that, I guess, relaxed and kind of 
deep dive into his life. It was really interesting to hear him talk about how much extra content that they had for the movie. He was like, I just couldn't fit it all. And he was like, I have scenes and, and things that maybe I can use later on or for different movies. And he also talked about just how much this time meant to him and like all of the movies he spent I mean, all the time he spent in the movie theater watching these movies. And so that made me want to read the book even yeah. more, you know, like I, I loved it, but I wanted to go back into that time period. So um, if, if you have a chance, we'll, we'll link to all of these audios, but we'll link to that too, because I thought that was a really great interview. Yeah, it, it, he is a great interview. Uh, you have to like get your ears ready to hear him speak as fast as he does and as excited as he does. But if, if you are someone who wants to know Quinn Tarantino's opinions on film criticism. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is great for that reason, too, because in the novelization, um, Brad Pitt's character, the bodyguard, is known to kind of like wax poetic on lists of movies he liked and didn't like. So there are little like bits of movie reviews that you kind of get the feeling like, I think these are coming straight from Quentin's mind. That's right. Yeah. So you get get a healthy dose of film criticism in there as well. (laughs) He's like, I can't, yeah, I can't keep up. His brain holds so much information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's hear a little, a little, once upon a time in Hollywood. The buzzer on Marvin Schwartz's desk dictaphone makes a noise. The William Morris agent's finger holds the lever down on the box. Is this my 10.30 you're buzzing me about, Miss Himmelstein? Yes, it is, Mr. Shores. His secretary's voice pipes out of the tiny speaker. Mr. Dalton is waiting outside. Marvin pushes down the lever again. I'm ready when you are, Miss Himmelstein. When the door to Marvin's office opens, his young secretary, Miss Himmelstein, steps in first. She's a 21-year-old woman of the hippie persuasion. She sports a white miniskirt that shows off her long tan legs and wears her long brown hair in Pocahontas-style pigtails that hang down each side of her head. The handsome 42-year-old actor Rick Dalton and his de rigueur glistening wet brown pompadour follow behind her. Marvin's smile grows wide as he stands up from the chair behind his desk. Miss Himmelstein tries to do the introductions, but Marvin cuts her off. Miss Himmelstein... Since I just finished watching a Rick Dalton fucking film festival, no need to introduce this man to me. Marvin crosses the distance between them, sticking out his hand for the cowboy actor to shake. Put her there, Rick. Rick smiles and gives the agent's hand a big, pumping shake. Rick Dalton, thank you very much, Mr. Schwartz, for taking the time to meet me. Marvin corrects him. It's Schwartz. <laughs> so yeah you get jennifer jason yeah. lee in that little clip being both uh, leonardo dicaprio and al pacino i think that's a pretty fun fun acting assignment that's so genius she sounds great doesn't she she also yeah. sounds like she's having fun yeah she's one of the few people out there who i feel like can sound like they're having fun and also sound like they're so cool that they don't care about it at the same time yeah and it's really hard to do but she pulls it off <laughs> she switches so effortlessly it seems i'm sure it's not effortless but which is what makes her so amazing yeah 
Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I, I that's cool. It. That's really cool. It's Schwarz. <laughs> so great. Love that. The Hateful Eight, right? Yeah, yeah. I remember her being really gritty in that one and yeah. in the town. Yeah, that was great. You can tell that, like, my age, because I, I think of her most as Nancy Botwin's sister on Weeds. I think that is, like, the, the big thing that I recognize her from. But, yeah. I'm going to try to make a good segue into okay. the next one. We'll see how this goes good now. Um, so from an author who likes to use four-letter words to another author who likes to use four-letter nice. words in the titles of his books. Um, next, we have Sanity by Gary John Bishop. He's the author of Unfuck Yourself. Um, and Sanity is a like we like to say books are timely a lot. And I think this might be the most timely book that we've ever released. Uh, I know that's a hyperbole. I'm sure that there are other examples that are better, but I'm going to stick to it. And this is an audio original. You can only get it in digital audio. And this is a book specifically about dealing with um, anxiety and the, the feeling of losing your sanity uh, when you see the latest conspiracy theories kind of going through your Facebook uh, feed, or if, if you are dealing with anxiety over the health crisis of the pandemic, this is a book for the very specific kind of uh, new fears and anxieties that I, that I think everyone has kind of developed over this time of being at home. And I think that like, there are certain self-help authors who I feel like kind of are always aggressively yelling at you. And Gary John Bishop is nice because while he can can make a aggressive point, I always feel like he is being incredibly friendly and encouraging to me. Um, I don't know how much of that I should chalk up to his Scottish accent. Maybe 100%. But, <laughs> but like there, there are very few people who I want to hear kind of uh, bombard me with advice. And Gary John Bishop is like the one that I want because uh, he just, he feels like a hug, right? Which is he feels weird. feels like a, a Scottish hug. Yeah. <laughs> Aggressive words, Scottish hug. <laughs> he just seems so nice. He seems too nice to be like prescriptive, but uh, I, I love, I love it. It's what sets him apart for me. He just, I want to be his friend. And I feel like that rings true, like immediately when you hear him start talking. I bet he would want to be your friend. Oh, I don't know. We'll see. I think so. I think if he heard you, well, let's send this, let's send this podcast to him when it's done. Yeah. And he'll be like, yeah. I want to meet that man. Oh. <laughs> it's like I'm in the room with him right now. See? Is that him? Was he, is he here? Did yeah, you start no, playing the clip he, already? He Is that... Yeah, he was in my in my apartment in Astoria, Queens. He just left. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's hear let's a little hear from Gary John Bishop right now. We're going to deal with this item called conspiracy. Now, of course, as I stated earlier, you've already got a picture of what that is in your mind, all the way from little green men who are visiting us from far-off distant planets 
to governmental and political and conspiracies in show business and conspiracies even within companies and your company or your family, you already have a preset notion of conspiracy and with that, a barrel load of emotions, thoughts, hooks, triggers, and judgments. So in we go. Now, this idea of conspiracy surrounds us right now. So what am I referring to when I'm talking about conspiracy anyway? As I said, there's the political stuff. There's the entertainment industry. There's the UFOs. You know what I'm talking about. But the thing that I think most people miss about this idea of conspiracy is to first separate conspiracy from conspiracy theory. Conspiracy and conspiracy theory are not the same. The accent really does does help, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> it helps it helps you get through uh, tough things to talk about, which it really is the 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 point of many of Gary's books, but in this one in particular feels very pointed. Yeah. Well, it feels like he's just as a, as um, emotionally invested as people are who are listening to him or people who are carrying this with them. Yeah. You know, it's the same page kind of thing. He's, he's definitely, you can tell he's annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, I know that I said this earlier when you, when you did that impeccable accent uh, and impression of him, but like he does feel like he's in the room by the way that he makes a point and then stops to be like, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like yeah. I do feel like a connection with him there that maybe right. isn't always in every self-help kind of book. Right. Yeah. He's he's talking with you. He's not talking at you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a difference. So it's Andrew, right. this is a audio original. How long is this? Is it book length or is it shorter? So this one is shorter uh, than than your average book. It's about an hour and forty minutes, um, but it is a perfect like companion then that you can bring with you uh, and like keep going back to when you are feeling your most stressed. I think it's also nice because if you're stressed out, you kind of need an hour of like calming. Six hours yeah. would be a lot to be yeah. right. some stress relief now, so that's a good yeah. time. Yeah, it's less daunting. Yeah, one. accessible. Trying to find something that you're looking for in six hours could bring on more stress. Yeah, you can look at that runtime and be like, oh boy, I got to clear my schedule to, <laughs> to better myself. But this, this is a bit easier to do. I don't have time right now. <laughs> um, okay, so do you have another segue or are we going into... <sighs> I'm going to try. Okay. These ones aren't going to be quite as smooth, I think. Um, okay, I believe in you. I'm going to say from a book about the um, horror of the pandemic to a book that is a straight up horror novel. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so next up we have When the Reckoning Comes by Latanya McQueen. Uh, it's read in audio by Carrie Young. And this is a a kind of 
I almost want to call it a gothic horror novel, but it is contemporary, at least kind of half contemporary. It is about a black woman who returns to her hometown for a friend's wedding that is at a plantation. And then the horror that ensues as she reconnects with the um, like frightening history of the land and her history with the friends that she has left behind and kind of drifted apart from in her life. Um, so this is a really good addition to the canon of uh, race-based and socially conscious horror that has come through in kind of every medium in the last five or six years. The, the modern horror, uh, horror revival uh, as I'm going to coin it right now. So like films like Us or Get Out or Candyman or like in the book space, like uh, this is similar to When No One Is Watching by Alyssa Cole. Like it is there to scare you, um, but is there to make you think. Because I don't know about the two of you, uh, but I love horror as a genre, but I get um, frustrated when horror involves you know the demise of characters for no reason like 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 when that is the the entertainment is like seeing people go down uh i'm not that into it there needs to be a a bigger thing being said and i think that horror as a genre allows like lends itself to that very beautifully and i think that that that's exactly what you're getting with when the reckoning comes yeah, I also thought of Leave the World Behind. You know, it's got that mm-hmm. crossover, but you're you're saying something deep, but also there is kind of a horror element in the background the whole time. So yeah, yeah, it's not the most like in your face horror uh, that you're ever mm-hmm. going to to read, but it certainly is like atmospheric. Yeah. You know, <laughs> when the reckoning comes, I loved this book, and also we, but I spoke to Latanya on the podcast, so. You guys can go for our interview. Yeah, she's wonderful. And that book, I mean, I'm from the South, so the plantations really, really hit me. And that Mm -hmm. was, I think it it allowed, it gave a space to kind of think critically about it. And, and I think it would allow other people who maybe don't think of it as anything other than a a place to now get married. Um, Maybe they could think about the, the horrors, the true horrors. And, um, it, but it it is a horror novel. Like I had at some some points, I had to put it down, and I even would like Google and be like that can't be true. And then I was like very upset <laughs> that some of that stuff was true. Um, and that that's kind of what is interesting about this book because some of the most horrific things that happened really did happen. She didn't make it up. Um, so it, it was a it's a wonderful book, and she uh, goes in between with. Uh, sections that were written like from the land like or from the people who work the land and those are very poetic and beautiful too Mm -hmm. i i also grew up in virginia so i i know that exact feeling you have of struggling of just like driving through towns that are just like here are plantations and it's uh you're right they are mostly used as a wedding industry now which is a a delicate issue to talk about right yeah that was an interesting conversation we had uh, with the author about that. She, uh, she was on Facebook too. It's I'm like, going to clear like, my schedule after this and go listen to that. Oh my God. <laughs> and also you're totally right about, you know, horror when, when characters are killed off almost for the shock factor and to piss people off. 
just to piss him off is really you seem like you have a very specific one in mind (laughs) of a horror thing that that you still haven't let go of just in general i mean i don't know i i don't know i just don't sometimes i just don't get it like like you said if there's a bigger reason for it well i guess i can kind of see it but if it's just to if it's just for the shock factor stop that people (laughs) well let's hear a little section of when the reckoning comes In life, heavy was the crown of chains meant to keep their bodies down, but their spirits soon will rise. They are coming with their shackles, wearing them like armor, fuel that reminds them of their purpose. They bring the chains made from wrought iron, used across the wrist and ankles as they were stolen onto ships. They bring the iron collar, placed on as punishment, its four prongs sticking out to keep them still. They bring the leg irons, two horseshoe-shaped rings cuffed around the ankles with a bar between, the metal once rubbed against their skin, causing it to bruise and break. They are coming with the branding irons shaped with the initials of the men who seared their flesh, forever marking them with their names. Their own names were taken, erased, but they have them back now. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that's one of the sections that, you know, kind of go between the story itself. It's really beautiful. Like, yeah. Yeah. Haunting. Haunting. It's haunting. Yeah. 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 So I was thinking it's haunting. It's a reading for it because they're haunting, literally being haunted. So. Good you know, um, I just listened to Chris Connolly's um, interview with James Hahn Matson, who wrote Reprieve. I, Andrew, I don't know if you've read this book, but you have to listen to the uh, you have to listen to this interview because it's really interesting and it's all about well, it's about naturally it's about the book, but the bigger picture is that um, you know that he didn't really start out to make this a horror book and and he doesn't consider it if you're looking for you know like a like a true blood and guts horror Mm -hmm. this is not your book it's it's just it's it's fraught it's fraught with lots of underlying tensions and get out is like one of his favorites uh you know chris asked him what was uh what were some of the you know books or movies or anything that influenced me he said the first thing he said right away was get out wow and yeah. so that's reprieve and it's about a it's about a um a full contact haunted escape room Ooh. but it's got racial fetishism and it's like all this stuff and it's a fabulous interview that sounds like a much more nuanced uh yes. version of that idea than like the recent uh film escape room yeah. <laughs> which is a yeah yeah you're right it's that's the that's the framework for it but it's so much it's i wouldn't say it's more than that it's just different than that you yeah. know what i'm saying oh i'm gonna check that out thank you for the yeah. rec and that episode is on the podcast as well so you can go listen to yeah. his interview with james Han matson i think that i like what you said about the new what'd you call it the new horror the new socially conscious horror revival revival yeah i like that word because you know with us and get out that was a kind of a a genre changer like that didn't really exist before then Mm -hmm. and so since like the 70s right so now yeah it's like something really fresh and so to 
kind of have all of these books coming after it. It's just people are so hungry for for something, you know, horror with a conscience. Like what what else can we talk about underneath? And the horrific things people go through and how that's sometimes true. Yeah. yeah. Horror with a conscience. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. It's been a long time since we've had horror in any field that isn't immediately followed by like eight sequels. And right. I think that is like the, yeah. the sign of like a, a horror movie that means something. I love Scream. I, I watch it every year, but I, I'm, I'm <laughs> with something different, you know? Yeah. Okay, man, right. the segue is going to be... We, since we're running out of time, we could do one bonus audio to to get us out of this episode and, and maybe it has some bonus content maybe that's a good oh yeah so uh we got one more audio we're going to look at and it's one that has uh a bonus uh bonus uh component to it did you just like trip into like a an audio soundboard there yes i did yeah yes that was the bonus soundboard john bishop in the background he's got a soundboard yeah uh oh man gary john bishop should use a sound effects soundboard in his next book oh man it would be great yeah um so this is her heart for a compass by sarah ferguson who is the duchess of york and it's read by l potter um and her heart for a compass is a really fun you know costume drama uh if you're a fan of victoria or the crown or bridgerton like you're gonna eat this up and this is a novel about a young noblewoman uh it's her coming of age and it is details both kind of the high society and low society in victorian england and because it is written by sarah ferguson uh you know that it kind of has this authenticity coming from it of someone who knows exactly what it's like to be a royal um and sarah does read the epilogue on the audiobook but if you if you just get the audiobook something you're going to find there that you won't find in any other edition is a bonus uh boing um that was my bad sound effect it is a bonus like 15 minute q a between sarah and her editor uh about the process of writing the book and the context uh that she wrote it within too so you're only going to get that on the digital audio that is very cool yeah Yeah. and you'll recognize her editor rachel khan who's been on our door-to-door and the podcast before so you you already know rachel it's like an old friend. It's like an honorary member of the Library Love Fest team. Mm-hmm. Is it like an uh, like an honorary degree that you give out? It's like a doctorate you don't have to take classes for. Yeah, no, you just get it in a cereal box. <laughs> Captain Crunch. Yes, Andrew, you have one, so congrats. We're oh. at you right now. Wonderful. Yeah. I will be waiting by the mailbox every day. Yeah, the frame is. It's just getting framed. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so do we want to hear a clip from her heart? Yes. Yeah. Tally ho. Ah, there you are. It's fast approaching midnight, my dear. Lord Rufus Punzenby, the Earl of Killin, was considered by most to be a presentable-looking man. His tall, rather lean figure was always immaculately dressed. His aquiline profile was suitably haughty, as befitted an Earl of the Realm. Every aspect of him was austere, repressed, and calculated. Lady Margaret Montague Douglas Scott, 
took an involuntary step back as he loomed over her. I'm all too aware of that. As ever, he seemed oblivious to her prickly reaction to him. Why are you skulking in the shadows? Perhaps you are insecure about your appearance, he continued, answering his own question. Allow me to reassure you. Your gown is neither too simple nor too ornate for the occasion. Her grace, your mother, has excellent taste. Surveying the man her mother had helped select to be her husband, Margaret begged to differ. I would have preferred a turquoise gown, actually. All young ladies in their first season wear white. I want to use that. Perhaps you were worried about your appearance. <laughs> what is a good backhand, you know. Uh, I didn't say I love a book that starts with a character being like, oh, there you are. As <laughs> if we knew that our, our protagonist has been hiding from him to start with. <laughs> I love that. Oh, it's That's great. so great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So cool that we've got Sarah Ferguson's book, though. You know, that's really, it's really neat. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our our selections that you brought us. My show and tell bag is empty now. So. I, that was fabulous. That was terrific. Oh well, thank you, thank you for having me. Like I I look forward to doing this every time. It's fun to just be able to talk about the audiobooks that we love with such welcoming and warm people like you. Like you will never be described as healthily repressed, I think is what they just said in her heart for a compass in there. Haughty, haughty and repressed. Haughty yeah. and repressed. <laughs> no, that's not us. No. No, we're definitely not repressed. <laughs> and I don't think we're haughty. I think we're naughty. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we can be. Yeah. <laughs> um no this is great you're so you're so lovely and you bring so much i love listening to you i love listening to you tell us what the books are about you're you're such a wonderful book talker you get right to it you know and it's just it's lovely it's really cool and it's just inside baseball too about all this is just yeah we love it so we're we know that based on the last episode that you did with us uh so many other people love it too yeah expectations are high i'm gonna be checking that soundcloud counter uh every day so Oh, don't let me don't down listening public it's okay gary john bishop you just gotta yeah press. the the craziness is it's gonna be okay just listen to right. while you're waiting for the numbers to roll in <laughs> thank you this was thank great. you thank you and where can they find harper audio if they need any more information on upcoming audiobooks you can go to harperaudio.com. We got a nice looking website that we redesigned recently and we got clips and and other things that we call out that are like um, big things we're doing. So you can check us out there. You can check out our SoundCloud page because we have, um, we upload the first five minutes generally of every single book that we release week to week. So if you want to hear more great clips like these, uh, go to our SoundCloud page. Yeah, you round them by on sale date. I like that. So mm -hmm. they what's coming. Yeah. And also, we didn't even talk about our advanced listener copy program yeah. we talked about last time. But a lot of the titles that are coming up, there's an early version on Edelweiss and Galley. So check that yeah. out. We'll link to it as well. And I like your Instagram, too, because you have those clips that are pretty easy, easy to cycle through quickly. So yeah, Harper audio out on, on all the big social media platforms. We were, we are on there, um, as at Harper audio. 
Awesome. And 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 getting back just for a second before we go, the uh, hc.com where you have just five minutes from just about every book that's mm-hmm. up there. I I just think that um, if there's ever um, a, a, a hook, some catnip to get folks who are either, you know, can't wait to get their ears around and wrapped around another audiobook, or if you're not so sure that audiobooks are for you, just go check out any one of those and you will be surely tempted to, at the very least tempted uh, to download and listen to the entire thing. And I specifically mean uh, Nothing to See Here by <laughs> Kevin Wilson, because I'll say again that I had just clicked on that one day and then wrote to Chris and Laney and said, you guys have got to listen to this. Boy, does she have this voice down. This is so wonderful. It's a great story anyway, but to listen to it, holy Hannah. It's still number one on my list of of best audiobooks ever because I love talking in hyperbole. (laughs) Hmm. Just don't smoke up if you get upset about anything. Just, you know. (laughs) Don't start to smolder, fella. Yeah. It's all gonna be okay. It's all gonna be okay. Don't you be smoldering. If those kids could just listen to Gary John Bishop, then they would, <laughs> there would be no book. There uh, would be no be fine. book. Yeah, yeah, that would be sad because we love that book. Well, not to be hyperbolic, but this was the best episode we've ever had. So, thank yeah, I think you so. for being here. Yeah. No problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah. See you soon, guys. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Library Love Fest podcast. For more information on this week's episode, go to librarylovefest.com. Enjoying the show? We would love to hear what you think. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Library Love Fest and on Instagram at Harper Library. Be sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and share the show with a friend. Lastly, if you enjoy our show, we bet you'll enjoy all of the other podcasts from HarperCollins Publishers. Find a list of shows at harpercollins.com forward slash podcast. See you next week.